Hey, Space Shovel Watchers. Thank you for taking the time to watch this video. If you have an extra second, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, stay up to date on the Work Awesome Network on everything that's going on. If you want to learn more about the company behind the Work Awesome Network and behind the Space Shovel podcast, jump over to avian.com, A-V-I-A-N.com to learn about the company, to learn about the work that we do, and, and just to get a little bit more background information on the type of company that we are. Again, thank you for taking the time to watch this video. If you want to stay up to date on everything going on in the Work Awesome Network, please jump over to any social media site that you consume content on, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. We're basically on all of them under Work Awesome Network. That's the place to get the latest updates, the latest blog posts, the latest information on everything going on Work Awesome related. Now back to this episode. Welcome to the Space Shovel Podcast. This is episode seven. And today we're talking about all things Elon Musk. Uh, today I have Dan and Nate with me. Nate, you've been on before, so I'm not going to make you introduce yourself because uh, you already have. Uh, Dan, of course, VP for Strategic Innovation at Avian. Nate is our program manager for test and evaluation, which I got wrong the first time. I th that's right this time, right? It Close, Close enough. enough. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I went to your LinkedIn page and that's what it said. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Therefore, it must be true. <laughs> right. The internet said so. Yes. Right. <laughs> All right. So I don't even know where to start with this topic. Elon's doing a lot right now. Uh, he has Tesla, the cars, obviously. He has SpaceX. He has solar panels. He has Loop. He has Hyperloop. And he's trying to get people to move to Texas in a very rapid fashion to uh, his town called Starbase, Texas. Where do you guys want to start? <laughs> I think all of these topics could be podcasts on their own, but let's just talk in general for this one. <laughs> well, all right, so I'll I'll throw out some first ideas. I mean, Elon Musk, I think he's, uh, I won't say most famous. How about most valuable for generating ideas? Yes. And those ideas spur things to happen. Are they all good? No. Uh, are they all going to turn into something? Probably not. You know, but his big idea was electric cars. And so he doesn't have by a long shot the electric car market corner. I think Tesla sold about a half a million cars last year. Toyota sold 10 million. Right. So that's 20x. Um, and I think even of the percentage of cars that Toyota sold, some number, and I want to say it was somewhere in the high teens, cars. So Toyota sold more cars, electric cars, than Tesla. Um, so what I think he has done in the last decade plus is spurred people to think and act because of his ideas electric cars, solar panels, you know, the the tunnel thing, the what's it called, the boring company, yes. the actual company that yep. does that. I don't know that we're going to have tunnels that connect cities <laughs> anytime soon, but that might spur something else. Maybe it spurs like very specific transportation corridors that go uninterrupted with sort of the rest of the world. I don't know. Um, now, there's also... I'll say, um, let's say debris in his wake, right? You know, all these electric cars, we've yet to figure out what to do with them when they, with the batteries specifically, 
when they're worn out. You know, so that's something to be figured out. You know, at some point we'll have to figure that one out. Nate, thoughts? So I, you know, I've heard Elon Musk talk, and he talks about he can't shut it off. So his oh yeah, I talk into the microphone <laughs> that that he can't shut it off. That you know his his brain is always is always working, and and all of our brains are always working. But my brain usually is like always working because I'm like thinking about sports. Right. His right. brain's sports always... gambling and uh, <laughs> wings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Extra crispy, yes. But um, <laughs> but his is always like I think working towards these super creative ideas. I will say I agree that, that you know maybe he's not taking on Toyota from a electric car standpoint, but I think he's very important that he provides at least a, 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 the United States of America a part of that share of that market. Fair, and I think that you know I think that's important because I think that you know, perhaps the American, the big automakers of America are, are a little bit behind and, and him jumping into it. Pushing them. Is, is, is good. Yeah. Because I think, you know, we could lose that and that could, you know, uh, either Japan or another company really, or country, excuse me, really pushes hard and they become the experts and, and we were left behind. So I think he, I think he pushed and I think that's good. Um, are the are electric cars perfect? No, but but they're important, I think, to, as we go forward. So, so Nate, so let's go philosophical here for a second. Do you think that because Elon Musk says he can't turn it off, like the idea flow, and his ideas are not about sports gambling and chicken and uh, making pizzas, um, that, that makes him a better human than us or just a different human? It makes him a different human. I mean, I, I think because of people like us, you know, there's been advances, and I think it's important, um, but I don't know if it's better because it doesn't – just because, you, you know, you can be thinking about extra, extra crispy wings and the caps while you're, like, saving somebody, and you could be thinking about the next, like, great invention while you're not saving somebody. So it doesn't make you better, but it, okay. it definitely advances civilization, I think. So I think there's a lot to unravel here. Um one thought that comes to my mind is he's building, and if you take all these pieces, so you take the boring company, you take the solar panels, you take the big batteries that you can put in your garage, you take the cars, combine them all together, and you have one big ecosystem of products. So to go through one of these new um, loops that he's creating with the boring company, you have to have a Tesla, or you have to probably rent one that's available at the site. Um, like Dan, we were kind of researching this before the podcast. The loop right now is only two miles long, so nothing super impressive. Maybe in downtown LA at, at, um, uh, what's that called? Uh, heavy traffic time rush hour. That would be it. (laughs) Which in LA, which in LA is roughly from four o'clock in the morning till about (laughs) four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. The next day. (laughs) Two miles might matter in being, going through a tunnel from point A to point B, uh, might be beneficial in LA. I don't know. Um, but then, so you take your Tesla through this loop, you go home, you charge it on this battery that has been storing power all day through the solar panels that he sold you that are collecting energy from the sun. I mean, it seems like he's doing something similar to what Apple has done, where they've created this ecosystem of products that work together. And my question is, if he's going down this path, how does space tie into that? So you have all these products that are for here. Is he 
big picture thinking you're going to drive a Tesla onto a spaceship and travel to the moon or Mars or wherever he's building his space colony. Well, there is a Tesla in space already, yes, right. so perhaps. But, I, you know, I think listening once again, listening to him talk, he does – he thinks he's making, and I'm not. I'm not here to judge if, whether he is making the world better or worse. And I, and I think I already said it's probably making it better. But I think he thinks that is those improvements that he's making, or those inventions that he's making, those products are are making the world better. And I yeah. think that's genuinely what he believes. And he believes that we need to be a multi-planet civilization. And so the next step is to you know get to space yeah. and then after that it's i guess develop the colony yeah you know here first in texas <laughs> right <laughs> you know that's a good point so that's where i was born so the I get it. starbase texas which is right now has a different name i can't remember what it is um but he's san antonio no <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh samsonite frico something i can't remember frisco that's not frisco it's not frisco no um, small town, I don't think it's a very big population, but this is where one of his factories or one of his complexes is right now. His plan is to rename it Starbase Texas, and um, we all know that he's big on Twitter and puts out some interesting things on there. He's made a call to basically engineers, scientists, and anybody that wants a job to move to Starbase Texas and work for him. Um, could Avian being a T&E company, there, there might be some opportunities there. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, he, he puts out the overall vision, right? Yeah. So once that overall vision is out there, then we could obviously, you know, how are we going to get there? So when he figures that out, it's like, how are we going to test right. what he's doing? Creating a test strategy to say, hey, this is how this crazy thing, this civilization that you're building, we would test to see if it if it works, you know. And so we'd have to create a strategy of how we do it, then like a master plan where we'd develop a schedule, the resources uh, that were required to test it, and then you know slowly start building the test po the test points into a test plan. So we yes, does Avian do that? We do it every single day, you know, as we support Navair and some of our other customers. Right. Uh, so absolutely. And, and there's a requirement too. And then I think the best part is when, you know, OT has to happen, the operational test has to happen. And it's not engineers like making sure the door opens and shuts properly. It's a bunch of like, you know, people. Correct. Yes. Real <laughs> people. People. <laughs> you know, who are ripping on the door. I believe and, they know. referred to them as um, mid-skill level in the article I read. Mid-skill uh, level? Yes. People are called mid-skill level? I guess. So I guess if you're an engineer, you're high school level. Yes. If you're just I a person... So. Mid-skill level. I can accept that. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's an article that I read, not my personal words. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I think maybe an opportunity. I, I don't know. You know, I think we, we have a Twitter account. Uh, we do. We should DM them and see what happens. <laughs> hey, we've been not thinking, a bad idea. We've been thinking, uh, Mr. Musk. Maybe that, we make a, an official space shovel one because the name is just weird enough that it yeah. might catch his attention. Yeah, we we've been thinking you might need a little bit of our help to make sure all this stuff works right, right. the right way. <laughs> yeah, you never know. And and if that doesn't work, we can go out for beer and chicken wings yeah. in Texas. Yeah, in Texas. Well, I, I think I feel like Dan was was well. You could be part of maybe the operational eval out at the space station and and live out there for a couple of days. You think? I, think, I don't I know think. that that I would do that. 
I, I'm too old. You guys. No, no. <laughs> they need those. They need the, the, the wide, yeah, the wide uh, geriatric Breadth group. Breadth depth. You know? Yes. <laughs> All right. Fair. I did see a picture. They already have like a little RV colony set up there. So I'm sure just it's easy move into one of those RVs. It looks like they're like all Airstreams, which is interesting. But, like an RV know. colony, like in the movie Independence Day, like they're all like all the crazy people are coming, <laughs> like that kind of RV colony. Mm. Uh, possibly, I don't, okay. I don't know. You've been waiting your whole life for this. I have this moment. Yes. Best line in that movie. What's the best line in that movie? Anybody? You guys all remember the movie, right? Absolutely. Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Will Smith in the alien crashes. He he takes the thing off and he punches him in the face. He says, "Welcome to Earth." <laughs> So I think that um, it might be how Mars goes when we send people yes. to Mars. Uh, something similar. Yes. Um, what? Let's talk a little bit more about the loop and then the hyperloop as well. So we talked about the idea of the loop is that you can drive a Tesla onto it, um, a Tesla car, or I guess truck coming soon, um, onto this loop, go a short distance. The idea of the hyperloop is that it's connecting basically continents. So now we can travel from America to Europe in a fraction of the time that it would take in the air or by boat. Well, by boat's not a good example, but... Um, how, how, do, how, how does it work, do you know? I mean, is it... It's all hypothetical right now. Okay. <laughs> so there's some small-scale testing that has happened where they create this replica... It looks like a subway car. It looks like one of those um, high-speed, like, Japanese subway cars that they mm-hmm. have. I don't know the exact name the of The bullet them. train. Yes, the bullet trains. Um, and you basically get in and <laughs> hope that it doesn't crash right now. I don't know. Um, it's it's interesting. Yeah, so, Nate, I'm out for the Opavel for that one. <laughs> <laughs> not, not part of that one. Let me um, see if I can figure out. You want to do the DP, DT portion of it? Uh, you want uh, like you want to be the first guy? I'm not sure I want to do that either. <laughs> I'll be the guy who presses the button that says "go" right. with your clipboard. <laughs> yes. All right, I hit the go. It's what time is it? <laughs> go. So it looks like they're hoping that it goes um, about 670 miles per hour, and just so you guys can see, I don't know if I can pull this up any bigger, but um, that's what one of the shuttles looks like. So. Kind of like a bus on a train track yeah, so, that goes almost so 700 miles an hour. Generally with that speed, that's mm-hmm. about how fast airplanes go. So oh. why wouldn't we just use airplanes yeah. to go across the oceans? Why go over the ocean? <laughs> when you can when go, you go, under, go under, under the ocean. <laughs> Excellent. I can, yeah, all right. I get it. Not at all. Maybe. <laughs> so I go back to this, one of these really good ideas that might not be so practical. Right. And I don't Maybe it's the the... So you think about the the con not the concept the when you go to an airport you have to go through security you have to go through all these protocols it takes an extra four hours to get to wherever your destination is I guess with the hyperloop you I'm wouldn't guessing. have to do that you put I think you're right think about think about like a train station now you, there's no security at train stations you just get on the train and that's it. Um, I think you're right, Ian. If if you put a sign in front of the Hyperloop that said no bad guys allowed, then <laughs> right. no bad guys would come in and then you'd be okay. You wouldn't have to worry about some bad guy right. blowing it up like in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So I think that's yeah, a good idea. Yeah. Maybe we should try the no bad guys sign for airplanes. I and maybe it would work. Can't believe we haven't. Yeah. I know. It could be a good idea. I mean, those seem pretty easy to print. How many can we sell, right? Right. 
Well, there you go. There's our there's our marketing thing for the company. Yeah. We'll print the no bad guy signs. It's genius. Damn. <laughs> we got it. We're going to be one billion tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, but to the loop idea. Yeah. But I I think there's some merit, right? I mean, they. Which part? Which part is there merit of the going from New York City to London on a underwater train? That underwater, part underwater train? No, the. So the big dig, right, that they yeah. did under Boston. Yeah, how long did that take? Uh, like three oh, X of what it was supposed to. Absolutely. Yeah. But it, imagine doing that in L.A. now. I mean, truly, to get, you know, L.A. to San Diego, L.A. to San Francisco. I mean, is that is that where the value's at? I'm, yeah. I'm trying to find a value. Yeah, am I imagining the benefit or am, am I imagining the cost? I'm saying benefit. Let's go well, benefit. So, so, so maybe, benefit. maybe by me saying from continent to continent was too big. Let's think about like from East Coast to West Coast in 45 minutes. I think we should stick with Nate's LA to San Diego first and see if we can get well, to San yeah, okay. Diego. And then if, okay. we can get to, if we can get from LA to San Diego, let's then go from San Diego to, I don't know, pick a place, Chicago. Okay. I agree with you that getting from LA to San Diego, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And the benefit of it being not very difficult is good. How, how much are you willing to spend of like the country's coin, the country's gold, to actually do that for the subset of people who care about going from LA to San Diego? Well, doesn't California have a budget surplus right now? I could not think of a better way to invest <laughs> in hyper tunnels. Uh, with that money. I could maybe think of one better way. <laughs> Give it back to the people. That's one better way. <laughs> so, so okay. All right. So, let's, let's presume that there is a benefit to going from L.A. to San Diego. Do you have to go in a straight line because it's the shortest? What if you made, like, a really big half circle and came all the way out into the desert and came all the way back in the desert but went really fast above ground? Like on a bullet train, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, you have to lean right the whole time, though. If you're doing it's it, it's like NASCAR. Yes. Um, but it's the uh, I. It, there is so much suburban sprawl. Well, you have like, to go really far out. Uh, yeah, this is the problem. Like I mean, Arizona, help. you have to go to Arizona, <laughs> right? And then come New, back, New Mexico, Arizona. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think this. Well, you know, I guess it's probably so Nevada. You have to go to Nevada and then Arizona and then come back around, right? Yeah, I mean, it, do my geography okay. in my head. So. As we're talking, I'm looking at. I'm not looking at San Diego to uh, Los Angeles, but I'm looking at Los Angeles to San Francisco. The average drive time is about five hours and forty eight minutes. The average fly time, probably just in the like on the actual airplane, not to go through security and pick up your bag and do all that stuff. Five, uh, one hour and twenty five minutes. They're saying on one of these um, hyperloop trains, it would take forty five minutes from L.A. to San Francisco. So now you're, hypothetically, you're working in Silicon Valley, but living in LA where I imagine it's a little bit cheaper, maybe not much cheaper to live. Um, but now it's a 45 minute commute to work every day rather than a potentially if your six house hour. Was, if your house is right next to the True. train get on place, whatever True. they call it. Yeah. But the mouth, the mouth of the, the mouth <laughs> of the, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, and apparently Virgin, Virgin, the company Virgin Mobile does phones, but they have everything else that they do. Virgin 
Atlantic, Galactic, right. whatever. They are also looking at Hyperloop technology, um, and they're looking to bring it to reality by 2030. So that's Is the Hyperloop years. technology like the electromagnetic, like just like the, the um, uh, well, I would call it emails, but you guys would probably know it as roller coasters. <laughs> I, I believe so. I think it's very similar to um, the bullet train. Yeah. So, and I, bullet trains are, are magnetic as well, aren't yeah. they? Uh, you got me thinking, I mean, are we talking Rebel Yell here? Or are we talking? <laughs> no, you're talking, if you're talking. Um, King's Dominion. King's Dominion, you're talking the. Anaconda. Uh, no, 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 the uh, backlot coaster, whatever it's called. It used to be called the Italian job. Oh, yeah. Where yes. you launch yep, off. Is. There's yep. no hill. It just shoots yeah. off. Um, and we've taken this a long way. Where else? <laughs> There's another roller coaster in Florida at Universal. There used to be a Hulk roller coaster, and it did the same thing. Just launches you off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think yeah, so. I wouldn't want to be somewhere like under one of the coastal mountain ranges in California, like when the power goes out and you're, <laughs> right, and you kind of go and you right. just stop. Well, it's what just hooked up to then? batteries, right? Oh, that's just... right from the sun. Yes, so it better not rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we talked yeah, and this about this is going to be a, this is well, going to be listen, a terrible podcast. No, not at all. <laughs> this is going to be the best podcast. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Um, I guess let's let's ask the question: Would and maybe you've already answered it? Would you get on it? Would you get on a hyperloop train and take it from LA to San Francisco or DC to Chicago? I I probably would. The answer is yes, depending upon two things. One, how far underground it goes. Right. If it's, you know, 30 feet or 40 feet, probably yes. If it's like 400 feet, maybe not. That's one. And two, how often the escape hatches are. <laughs> yes. That'd be like every, I don't know, mile or two. Then I'd be okay. Um, Interesting. Nate, how about you? Are you getting on? I think I'm getting on. But I, you know, I'm trying to think about how, how this, rela- you know, I think we've been on high-speed trains before. Most of mm-hmm. us have. Not a big deal. But, you know, the underground portion, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, are we, you know, are we getting down into, like, thousands of degree of temperature because we're in the core? Or are we just, you yeah. know, getting below the infrastructure? It's, it's a good, that's a good point. Um, and then, yeah, what is the what is my exit strategy? Right, just in case. Yeah. You know, again, I brought up to Ian, I don't know, a a couple of weeks ago, we were doing a Zoom meeting, or I guess it was Microsoft Teams, and PowerPoint just stopped working. It just didn't work anymore for no reason, no unknown reason, because just stuff happens. We've all we've all seen it. And it was, you know, control alt delete, uh, task manager, uh, restart. I, I don't know. I, I'd rather have that not happen <laughs> if I'm 400 feet underground on a bullet train. Yeah. So I think another thing that sets these apart is, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure these are like single car units. So I don't know what the biggest cause of train wrecks is. I assume it's like two trains colliding or derailing. Um, but I assume that having I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I think the biggest cause of train wrecks is, is people running running the uh oh. <laughs> the fence and getting in their getting truck squashed yeah getting their truck hit now I'm is it always a truck are you I feel making like some sort yeah. of a judgment some here? type of generalization i yeah. feel like the train wins most of the time though right. I think maybe every time yeah 
<laughs> but would you say the most catastrophic? Yes, I would say is two trains hitting. Which is probably somebody doing something stupid in one of those trains. Right, right. Fortunately, so, these would probably be unmanned. Probably unmanned. And I'm, I'm guessing that it takes, by being a single car, it takes some of the risk out of the type of transportation. Depends it how frequently the single cars are going. True. And how far apart they are. Yeah, because, I mean, that can add risk. I mean, they yes. go the other way. Now you got, yeah. like, random bullets getting shot down range right. that are bouncing off each other. Right, which would be bad, I think. <laughs> I, I think, broadly speaking, though, I, I, I maintain sort of the goodness of the Elon Musk idea-generating machine. Yeah. Because whether or not this works out, the, the idea to push intercity intracontinental transportation more efficiently mm -hmm. is the sort of the, the 100,000 foot idea here. Right. Uh, doing it via, you know, whatever this would be ultimately called, <laughs> uh, maybe not a good idea, but doing it better is, I think, better. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to ask that. That's very political. Um, I was going to. You can ask it. We just want <laughs> to answer it. I was going to ask how you think this fits into Biden's plan for Country transport, yeah, yeah. Infrastructure, infrastructure. I think we should worry about getting the Solomon's Bridge on <laughs> yes. first. Let's worry about that. Well, what if it's just a hyperloop that takes you from one side to the other? Uh, maybe if I could get there in my car that I currently own. <laughs> I think you know what those are called tunnels, aren't they called tunnels? <laughs> oh, wow, you're right. <laughs> for, for those that might not know where we currently live here, uh, there's a bridge that crosses a river that two years after they built it, they had to put these giant steel rubber band things around the concrete pillars to hold it together. So I go over it twice a day, and so far it's still staying in the air. <laughs> You're, you knew that, right? You I don't know that I need the whole story now. No, like right after they built it, they looked like, God, what are those cracks in the concrete pillars? Shit, it's not good. And they got these giant steel bands holding them together that they have to check like every other month. And like... Tighten the nut on it just a little <laughs> bit to make it tighter. It's interesting. Giant, giant wrench. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> you guys should go but go take a look. I mean, I've, I've been under like, it. I have not Just noticed. look up next yeah. time and go, God, look at there are those big steel bands holding the whole thing together. I hope they stick. There's an off-topic story there, but it's I don't want to get into it. Um, I think we're good. We're right at 30 minutes for this okay. podcast. It was kind of all over the place, but uh, I think it turned out to be a good conversation at the end. Final question. Avian gets an office in Starbase, Texas. Are we all moving there? I'll move there because there's no state income tax, so it's like getting a raise. Oh, really? That, I mean, that's enough for me. I'm going. <laughs> and good food. You know, yeah, and good you, food. You lose the seafood, but you get, you know, You get the three food groups in Texas, right? Barbecue. Yep. Tex-Mex, yep. steak. Can't go wrong. And tequila. And tequila. <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would go, and I don't know what I would do there. Maybe the same thing, just add an RV at Starbase, Texas. There you go. <laughs> All right. Dan, Nate, thank you for being on this uh, podcast with me. It was definitely a fun one, an interesting one. Until next time, I will see everybody later. Um I should have done an outro, but it's fine. <laughs> Winnebago. Dan's a Winnebago, man. Winnebago? Not an Airstream guy?